All right, welcome back to the MB Machine Podcast. I'm the Beav. I'm the Midge. And we're here to pump you up. <laughs> Probably you up full of fucking fantastic stuff. Uh, we have a, a plethora of topics today as well. Yep, we got mostly fantasy stuff because we're we're nerds and we love fantasy things. Yep, RPGs, D and D, Magic: The Gathering, Pokemon, Lord of the Rings. Exactly. And we also have a couple good stories here that are supposed to tickle your funny bone: beating up a naked guy, sled stories, which are always great, and Mandalorian chick. <laughs> That's literally what's wrote on my board. So, might as well start off with, let's start with uh, D&D. Okay. We're both, we both love D&D. Like, I can say that pretty, pretty, pretty confidently that we both really enjoy it when we get to play it. Yeah. Which, which to, I mean, anybody that really knows us, that's not a surprise. <laughs> but to, like, some of my family, I'm sure they would be shocked because. Like, my, would they want to stone you to death? I don't know if they want to stone me, but they definitely look at me like I have three eyes. <laughs> <laughs> My family is that stereotypical family where, like, men are supposed to be manly. They're not supposed to... Like, go out and wrestle a yeah, bear. Exactly, yeah. Show who's dominant, pee on it when you're yeah. done. So, playing board games with a bunch of nerds somewhere is not what you're supposed to do. And Unless so, you're beating up their nerds, I assume. Then it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get done playing, then you beat the nerds up, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, most of my family members are the same way of thinking. They think it's a super nerdy, like everyone's wearing glasses, overalls, and, yep. and we're pimply like, face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pimply face. You know, we're all down there with swords. <laughs> never like, seen a vagina in our lives. And it's some, some autistic kid going, guys, guys, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, D&D is an amazing game, and it's a ton of fun. Especially if you have a good imagination. Exactly. If you have a group of people that, like... That's the thing that drives me nuts about the stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's like all you're doing is telling a story. Yeah. It depends on chance of a, a roll of dice. Yep. So why wouldn't – like I have family members that are great storytellers. Your dad is a fantastic storyteller. Have you met my uncle? Uh, is he the one with the with the two two daughters? Is he that one? Nope. No. Don't, doesn't, don't you have an uncle that has two daughters? Hmm. They were real little. Oh, no. Uh, so that's my uncle. Oh, that's my uncle. Oh, we're yeah, we got that. We're going to yeah, edit this. We're going to edit all these names. <laughs> <laughs> we did terrible already right off the bat. Right off the bat. This is this went so well. Don't use names. It's on, it has not left that board. So uh, <laughs> my my uncle on my dad's side. Uh, I don't think I met that one. Yeah. It, so it would be my dad's uncle, my grandpa's brother. Oh, oh, oh okay. No, yeah. I, I don't think I met him. I met... um. The one that was related to both of us. Uh, oh, Uncle. Yep. Yeah, we got to edit the names it, out, obviously. Out but yeah. Beep, beep, yeah. beep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so it's my grandpa's brother, and he is he loves to tell stories. Oh, a really good storyteller. But people like that would love D&D if they could just get past the fantasy yeah. aspect of it. my dad. Who loves to exaggerate and tell oh, wild yeah. stories. Like, you know how yeah. fun it would be to play that game with him? Yeah. What's ironic is that he loves Skyrim. Like, he loves the Elder Scrolls. I remember him yeah. being, like, level 73 in Oblivion. And I restart every every 20 levels. I hit level 20. But like, I gotta restart. I don't like this. I gotta restart. I don't like this. And he's just insanely great at it. I remember him playing the hell out of Fallout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. He was, yeah. Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, oh, look at my armor. And I'm like... 
I don't even know where you found this, Dad. My dad is forty-five, <laughs> yeah. like, and he's he's a manly man. Like yep. he works on his cars, farmed, cut big wood, dude. Yeah, yeah cut wood, <laughs> drank his beer, and then in the winter time, because he didn't, have, he wasn't outside. He would play video games with us. Yep, and it was awesome to turn around like oh my god how'd you find this yep and he's like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like he likes video games and he knows how to play them but he doesn't know uh like i don't know he's he's not very good at map orientation i think but it's it's hilarious and i love my dad he's not very good at at pronouncing things but in it i could figure out what he's talking about like there was this lake uh it's Pelagot in Elder Scrolls 3, and we call it Lake Placid. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the time. Lake Placid, Lake Placid. And, but it, it, it's fine because I didn't care that, that he couldn't say it right because it was just fun to play with him. And his Morrowind character, he literally played it for so long, it glitched out when he would go outside of a cavern. So he quit playing. Oh, like, because it was so much stuff and his yeah, stats yeah. were crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then, so he'd walk out the thing, and then it would beep and yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> But like so, back to D and D. He would, I think, he would be great fun to play D and D. Yes, with. he would. Yep. Um, and it's just because it's nerdy that people have this problem it, with it. it. Well, so obviously, forty years ago, you know, it was a little more important to be manly because you didn't have all the amenities that you do nowadays. That's very true. So that's why the previous generation is always harder on the new generation because they grew up, you know, not having the luxuries that we currently have. It's very true, and all their all their cars were mechanical and you didn't take it to a shop to have a diagnostic on the stick change this part. Yep. You were like, Oh, it's not getting fuel. Well, better make sure it's not the fuel pump. Yep. And nothing told you to go check it. You had to be smart enough to do it yourself. Or maybe your carburetor is out of fucking whack. Whereas nowadays, I, I'm sure you've noticed it too, but like it's, No, I only have older vehicles, but it, it's more it's more socially acceptable to be a nerd. And be a jock at the same time. True. Yeah. 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 Actually, very true. Yeah. Because like fantasy football. I mean, it's basically D&D for jocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So they sit there and they, you know, make this up their stats. fantasy team and they got all their stats and they're watching multiple football games and like trying to like, oh, no, I want this player to get a bunch of touchdowns so that I get a bunch of points for the league, you know. So I think it's just it's turned around a little bit now of course you'll never convince your dad or other the older generation of that most likely i mean i'm sure there are exceptions but true most of them in the older generations won't have anything to do with this shit <laughs> <laughs> now do you have any funny D stories that you want to tell anything that was hilarious because most games it's, that i played are just hilarious it's been a while though since i've played so i don't really have Right off the top of my head, maybe if you start talking about it. Okay, the so, ones that I remember. So, well, okay, so the okay, there you w- go. When we uh, now that I think about it, we played with some friends up in uh, no names. I know, up at their house. Uh, yeah, up at their house around Battle Creek area, there you and go. Uh, the the dungeon master uh, he was. Fairly, I mean, he was lenient, but at the same time, I mean, it's the DM. The yeah. DM is supposed to be a prick. <laughs> exactly. He's supposed to keep he's, you from doing outrageous things. Exactly. And be the check and balance to everybody's <laughs> craziness. And, of course, when you put <laughs> in any situation. Oh, uh, who? Uh, son of a bitch. The, right down the date. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> uh, when you put the midget Midge. in any situation, he's the wild card most of the time. <laughs> so you never know what he's going to do. You never know if he's going to go crazy and try to color outside the lines or if he's going to play it straight for a little bit just to get everybody like 
uncomfortable and then <laughs> freak out and cause chaos. <laughs> you just don't know. So uh, we, I can't remember. We were going to a bar. We we walk into this town. Yep. And th- we all decide we're going to stay at this tavern. Yeah, yep. yep. And, and uh, the midge goes, well, I don't want to stay in the tavern. I don't want to pay for the room or whatever because you're being a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Even in games. <laughs> so you decide to go sleep in the hayloft. Well, so before that, the only reason I got to sleep in the hayloft is because I was arguing with the innkeeper about paying for the room. Yep. And he's like, well, you can sleep in the hayloft then. And I decided to piss on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then I got exiled outside <laughs> when we got a warning that we don't want to be outside after midnight. Like that was specifically said that we should not be outside after midnight. And so I pissed on the bar. And then, uh, when everybody's had to convince the, the innkeeper to let me sleep in the hayloft. Um, so just because some people might not understand how D&D works. So there's the players that select what type of character they're going to role play as. Yep. And your character has a list of skills, a list of abilities, and then uh, your inventory. So it includes any weapons you have, your armor, any miscellaneous items that you picked up. <laughs> uh, potions, uh, random artifacts, stuff like that. And then there's the dungeon master who is supposed to be like basically the main storyteller. Yep. So he's kind of illustrating the world you're in, what your environment's like. And then he also plays the non-playable characters. And so he basically in, fills that role. In the instance the the midge is talking about, the dungeon master is playing the innkeeper <laughs> and the midge is playing his character arguing over the price of this room. <laughs> so it's funny that the, you know, when we started the story, how we talk about how the DM is supposed to be the prick supposed to, you know, <laughs> make the rules. Well, if you get into these stupid arguments with them over just mundane things. <laughs> he's just going to get more piss. <laughs> so then if you try to do something down the line, he's not going to give you any leniency at all. And you'll see why this comes into play later <laughs> on in this story. So now speaking of inventory, I, so at the beginning of the, the game, you have to purchase items. Yeah. You get a set amount of gold and then you and have a budget to work I, off. I started from. out this game knowing that I was going to be an asshole. Yep. I bought a chain. I bought fancy clothing and something else that's irrelevant to the rest of the story. So I get to sleep in this hayloft. Yep. So we're, we all agree we're just going to go to bed. Well, I decide that I don't want to just sleep. <laughs> and because they warned about, you know, not being outside after dark. And yeah, there's rumors floating around in the town about the mist comes out yep, and, and there's they, crazy monsters out there, supposedly. So I chain the barn door shut because I'm like, I'm not going to get ate because <laughs> whatever it is, I've already pissed off the DM that I'm like, I'm not going to have this chance encounter. And then I decide that I want to get up. I'm yep. like, you know, I want to wake up. And he's like, you got to roll for it. And I rolled, and it was a terrible roll. And he's like, the hay bale falls on you. You stay asleep. And I was like, well, I want to I want to wake up anyways. And I rolled, and I woke up to the DM's demise. <laughs> so then I'm like, I want to try to get out of the the, the doors because they they were chained shut. And he's like, you don't have a key. You chained it shut. Yep. I was like, oh, that's right. So so I was like, well, I'm going to go back up in the hayloft. Is there a window? Because I remember asking him, I was like, How, what's yeah, the barn look like? He's yeah. like, yeah, there's a window here and this and that. I was like, I want to tie my fancy clothing together, make a rope, and go outside. <laughs> so I get down, and he's like, you're only halfway down. And I was like, I want to let go. So I let go fall. And then I immediately run to the inn, and I start trying to beat the door down to get into the inn because I'm like, I want to sleep in a good bed. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the, I think there was three of us. Yes. There was four total on the party. Yes. Three of us are in the inn, in the second floor sleeping. Yes, correct. So this is all going on while the three of us are sleeping <laughs> and the midge is trying to beat down the door at the end. Correct. And then, so he has the, the people walk up and say something. I hear a piggy pig pig because he's trying to allude that they're werewolves. Yep. And, and then I'm trying to break in. Do you guys have to break out because the innkeeper's asleep? I believe that their one buddy, he smashes the window, hops out the door, hops out the window, and then we start fighting these werewolves in the street. Yep. Well, and, at first, you didn't know they were werewolves. Correct. Yeah, they just started coming at you, basically, right? Yep. And then, so we we uh, we ended up fighting them. We ended up killing one, and it turns into a civilian. And then the, the fog clears, and everyone's after us and all this. And then we ended it, because this, this, this took way longer to do during the actual gameplay than the three-minute exclamation I just gave. Yes. It was like an hour and a half long of you yeah. arguing. It's much easier to <laughs> tell the story afterwards, because during this whole thing, you're constantly doing dice rolls to determine if you actually do the thing you want to do. And you guys actually had to wake up, too. Yeah, we had so, to roll uh, perception checks to see if we actually, if the noise woke us up or not. Correct. So I think one of us, one or two of us did make the roll to wake up, but one of us didn't. Yes. So one was still sleeping, the other two started to get up. Then they wake up the third person. Then, if I remember correctly, one one person jumped out the window <laughs> yep. and took some damage because they fell. Yeah, and he was and, a halfling bard thing. Yeah. yeah, and I, me and the other person went downstairs trying to come out the front door. And you had to break the window. Win- that's right. You had to break the window out yes. to get out because the door was locked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we destroyed the end. Yeah. So we're never getting invited back to that. <laughs> and then I remember we decided to end it after that. And we were like, and the DM was like, I had this whole fucking plan laid out. Uh, you're going to go to the castle, get get all figure out all this thing there's an evil wizard and no we had to spend an hour and a half at an inn that was supposed to be irrelevant and he was so pissed yep and then we never played again yeah <laughs> that's the other thing with D uh if you really want to uh have a long campaign you have to be dedicated to it mm-hmm. and so that's the problem with our group of friends it's like we're scatterbrains so like we won't always be able to meet up. So then half these camp- campaigns we do, we, we'd never complete them or even get that <laughs> it, far into it. You know. And then I was asked to tone it down. I was like, that's who I am. So if, and I was like, I'll just back out because if, if you don't want to do that, that's how I am. Right. So go ahead and have fun. I didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings. And I was like, I just won't attend because I'm, that's, that's what I do. Yep. I just go off and read the dickless things. <laughs> There's very rarely that I want to stick, stick to a point yep. and stick going that way. I'm always going to ask, what about this? What about that? Yep. And I think that with two of our other members, it didn't mesh very well because they wanted to play the game yeah. and get to a point. And it's like, I, and then we talked about me doing the DMing or being an assistant because I can come up with things off random top of my head yep. and I'd be much better as a, a, uh, antagonist, right? That's the, yeah. that's the bad one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, antagonists. Yeah. I can I can't keep them. Yeah, I don't protagonist is a good one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Pro, good, whatever. And the, we 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 talked about that, and they never went and did it because other things happened, and they're not my group of friends anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that that's one story I can think of off the top. Of my head. I have another one. It was the first time I played. Mm. It was only three of us in the party. It was our friend's girlfriend at the time, and we started out, and I was an orc. <laughs> And I, 
I remember we'll skip the intro because we all started in different spots. We had to come together. We all in a cage and we're in the jail and I was being an asshole and so I had it hitting my head off the wall and screaming. <laughs> so we're walking through the cemetery and we get to this door that is locked. I'm like, Oh, it's locked. And I was like, well, I'm going to break it down because I did not care about finding a key. So I start hitting it and it chips my ax. And I was like, whatever the door is open. Right. He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to throw my ax <laughs> down the stairway. And it, he's like, you threw your ax. It clatters off. It clattered. It hits stone and gets stuck in the floor. And so we walk down, and he's like, oh, there's spider webs everywhere. And the spiders start coming down. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm going to get my axe. He's like, well, it's stuck, actually. <laughs> so you got to pull it out of the door frame, the door that butt fell down. You got to pull, pull it out of the door. And then it was chipped. And then there was a spear. I, had, I picked a spear out of a dead guy, and we stabbed, up, stabbed the spiders to death. <laughs> they went to a trap room, and we had a thief. It was his girlfriend at the time. Okay. And there was this very obvious um, trap. Hmm. There was a statue with gold on it and emeralds and things. And I was like, hey, thief, you should investigate the trap and see if there's traps here. She's like, no, you do it. I was like, I don't have the skill to do this. So either you do it or I'm going to yeah. trash shit. Yep. <laughs> like basically it was an ultimatum. Either you do what I need <laughs> you to do or I'm going to fuck up our story. <laughs> and she was like, no. So I was like, okay, fine. And I took took the spear and slashed the, the, the treasure all off the, the statue. And he's like, the room starts filling up with water. The door behind you closes. What do you do? <laughs> and and so there's like there's gold piled up over a grate, and then there's another statue on the other end. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go investigate the statue. And the thief was like, no, we should try to clear the grate. I was like, that's very evident what you're supposed to do. There's gonna be nothing there. Yep. And they argued with me, and then uh, him and his girlfriend start clearing the grate. I'm like, I start going over the other statue, and I was like, I want to check the statue out. I roll, and he's like, oh. There's something behind it. You can't see it because the statue is heavy. And I was like, I'm trying to move the statue. You can't because there's not enough. I was like, guys, you need to come over here and help me with the statue to get us out of the predicament. You put us in because you didn't just investigate like I said. Yep. So we moved the statue. There's a button and then it drains. And he's like, oh, and by the way, the drain you were trying to uncover led to nothing. Yep. Like there was nothing there. I was like, oh, what do you know? <laughs> and then we were fighting some wisp or something. And he was like, there's... I don't remember how he explained it. It's like, oh, the eyes of it are burning, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm going to stare directly into its eyes. I knew this was a bad idea. Uh -oh. He's like, I'm glad you said this. <laughs> you permanently lose one point of uh, of endurance and something else's strength for the rest of the game. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to fight it. And it was just, it's pretty much just chaos. Yep. I love the game. Yeah. But every game I've had, which is two now, the one didn't show up enough to do it. Yep. And... She was very unreliable, so we never got the story off the ground. We always did, uh, um, it's called Session Zero, where you make your characters and all that. Yep. And only twice now have we gotten past Session Zero. Yep. And then it's done, because everyone has their own lives, and they don't want to commit to it and get yeah, together. Exactly. Yep. But uh, those are the two funny stories that I have about it, just okay. causing ridiculousness every time. Hmm. Do you have any, or is yours always more serious? I, I can't think of... Uh... Because I played with the group from my previous employ mm -hmm. employer, and uh, the culture there, there was actually quite a few people that played D&D. &D. It's kind of crazy how many people I ran into now through places I've worked, like engineers or machinists or people like that that are into D&D. &D. It's kind of funny. Because uh -huh. it's not, you know, the trades usually, that's... It's not that Macho way. man. Exactly. Everybody My dick's bigger than yours, exactly. and I want a pound pussy. Yep. <laughs> but it's funny how many actually are into that stuff. Or buttholes. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't care. But, uh, 
Yeah. So there wasn't there a time where you were playing with that group of people and you guys bought whores to distract the guards. Yeah. Okay. So this, our I, group of friends, <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I remembered that campaign, but I didn't remember the exact details. Yeah. So I can't remember the, it was, there's a name for the campaign where basically you're in a world that kind of is like post-apocalyptic. Okay. And magic is very rare. So the, when you use magic, you have to be sneaky about it. Otherwise, people will like hate your guts. Okay. And so uh, it's one of the ones where magic is seen as just completely evil. Well, not necessarily. I, I guess, yeah, a little bit of evil. But, but you're persecuted if you know it, magic. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yep. And water is scarce because you're in like this desert environment. Uh, it was one of the first times where I, I was a part of a campaign that it was actually, there was momentum. You know, okay. like you're not getting stuck in places. And uh, it was pretty fun. But then, yeah, we came across this encampment where we decided that we somehow we had to get into the commander's tent and take him out. Okay. And there was like two guards, two or three guards outside the tent. And then inside the tent was this commander. And we decided that we would... Uh, buy him a couple whores, basically. <laughs> Send him in there. Then we had another guy sneak in and then tried to do a sneak attack on him to take him out. That didn't work at all. <laughs> it just pissed him off. He Somehow he managed to either kill him or run out. And then the rest of us were busy fighting all the other guards in the meantime because the ambush didn't work out like we wanted it to. So... But it's been too long for me to remember the exact details. Oh, damn. That was yeah. always funny when you tell it. Yep. It's been too long. <laughs> so, I don't... There, But there's been lots of fun times with D&D. I wish we could find a group of people to play it more consistently. Yep, agreed. Like we do podcasts. Right. We just have to get people that are dedicated. Yep. We need more beeves and midgets in the world. True story. And everyone's lives would be better. Guaranteed. <laughs> All right. Um... Let's talk about what do you want to talk about next? We got a, a wide range of things here. Like anything that you can have more input on. Hmm. Want to talk about beating up a naked guy? <laughs> I mean, that's not one for you. I would do sled stories. <laughs> well, let's let's do the sled story first. Okay. Then, then we'll talk about the naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat right now about the naked guy. Well, when did when did the midget beat up a naked guy and why? Find out later. <laughs> so uh, recently in our area, we've gotten, you know, six, eight inches of snow. <laughs> and uh, we went out riding last night. I didn't tell you any of this. Yeah. So uh, my my dad and some friends, we started a snowmobile club together. And we just found out last night that possibly we just broke 100 members. Oh, sweet. So, so there's, or I should say... Not current members, but just over oh, time, total? we've had 100 people be a part of the club at one time That's or another. That's pretty damn cool, dude. So I think there's like 50 or 60 that are actually active. What was the acronym for your guys' club? Uh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> okay. Just because I, I don't know if they want me to talk about them or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. they're trying to stay on the down low right now just because they want to keep getting together and having these parties okay. and because of the COVID regulations. Oh yeah. Kinda, I forgot about that shit. They're scared that 
you know, if somebody Somebody wants to rat on us, then we can get in trouble. Good point. Don't tell it. Even though I think the acronym is pretty funny, if I remember right. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, our cousin's the one that came up with the acronym, and he just said it as a joke. And then you guys stuck with it. And then we talked about having a club, and he's like, we're never going to have more than 12 people be a part of this. Now it's like upwards of 100 people, possibly. (laughs) And you guys are going to be going on a trip here soon, too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We're going up to uh, the UP on Lake Superior. Okay. Um, Probably shouldn't say more than that. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Try to keep details out of it. Okay. But there's like 40 of us going up there, so it's a pretty good group. We're renting two big cabins, and we're going to have a lot of fun. However, so back to the story. Yeah, back to the story so, last, last night. So last night, because there is some excitement. Okay, let's hear uh, it. So we go, because my dad, are around where I grew up, there's a golf course. And <laughs> we, we, we are good friends with the owners, so they allow us to ride our sleds across the golf course. Oh, no kidding. Um, right now, we're being careful, and everybody's under strict orders to stay on the trail that we have because there's not a lot of snow. Okay. And it's easy to tear up, you know. Yeah, the greens. The, well, we stay off the greens. doesn't matter oh, if okay, there's two okay. feet of snow or not because greens are very sensitive. But, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, so we have a trail that goes across the golf course. Usually, we go out and uh, we put up reflective poles around the greens. And the, oh, okay. And... Uh, so basically, don't drive here. Yeah, basically, we give everybody a nice trail. So we went there last night and uh, drank some beer, ate some food, just to try to support local business, because you know how it is right now, trying to own a fucking bar. Oh, you mean how uh, every business is closing? Yeah, yeah, I know. So trying to help them out, and uh, because we have, you know, 60 people in our club, we can we can support people. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Which is another nice thing about having a club. It, well, it makes a difference. Like it, 60 people coming in is 60 people coming in. Exactly. Yep. So we go there, we eat, we drink, then we leave. Uh, we have this character. Uh, I'm not going to say his nickname because that might give him away. Okay, okay. I know he wouldn't care, but I'm still going to protect him. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> Just because other people are don't care doesn't mean we shouldn't still try. Exactly. So... He's just a wild card, just <laughs> freaking crazy. He's he's got this sled that's probably twenty five years old, but oh wow, rides it like it's a hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, behind, uh, over between Burlington, between yeah. Burlington and Union City, yeah, it don't matter. It, it doesn't matter. There's some old state trails that go through some of the woods. Like I did not know that. Down around this, remember on M sixty, uh. Down from Fabiano's, there was a sign. It had a snowmobile on it. I don't know. Oh, damn it. Name. Yep. Write down the time. Okay. Anyways, Beave. Yep. I don't remember two weeks ago. I'm not going to remember 15 years ago now. I just didn't know if you remember. Because <laughs> it kind of stuck out. Because to me, I was like, you don't see snowmobile signs down in southern Michigan very often. I don't remember it. No. So there was a sign that said snowmobile on it. Okay. It was like an official sign. From, okay. the, from the state. So I was like, oh, why is there a state sign with a snowmobile on it? Well, there was a state trail that used to go through Battle Creek, down through here, through uh, the Burlington Union City area. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so anyways, in this one particular woods, shut up, <laughs> that, that is between Burlington and Union City, uh, there's an old state trail, and there's actually an old bridge that crosses over one of the irrigation uh, ditches. Okay. And uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, we go through there whenever we have enough snow. And 
on the trail, a tree went down. And I mean, it was probably like trees are bad, dude. Six to eight inches. So, and when we're when we're first going out, the lead guy always goes slow because he hasn't broke the trail yet. Okay. So you have to be careful, otherwise, because if you're just hauling ass, you hit that tree. You hit that tree, or oh, you probably break your pelvis. Or farmers, they sometimes leave irrigation piping yep. out there. You hit that. One time we came around. Uh, there's a certain irrigation where it, there's like a cable that goes across like a few feet off the ground. So obviously you hit that, you're going to die. Yeah, that's not going to be good. So Unless your goal was to get chopped in half. Lead guy is always slow. And, okay. Uh, and it's always best to stick to his tracks, and that'll come in later on in this story. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyways, this wild card guy, he knows this trail, and he came to the golf course from his place using that trail and that tree was down. And instead of going around it, he decided that he'd be cool and go over it. Well, when we came up across it, we're like, wow, how did he make it over that? (laughs) That's interesting. So crazy that way. Uh, He was, (laughs) he's a heavy drinker too. And uh, (laughs) so he's drunk riding the sled goes he somehow he was putting on one glove. And while he was doing that, he dropped his other glove. (laughs) <laughs> lost it but took off anyways <laughs> and then uh and last night it was like single digits to teens so oh, it's pretty cold yeah so you want your gloves you want your gloves and uh most sleds nowadays they have heated grips mm-hmm. but the air going over your hands is still really cold well yeah it's yeah. single digits and you're going what 45 50? so the wind chill is negative definitely yeah. well anyways he stopped looking for his glove luckily our cousin always rides in the back to make sure there's no stragglers, anybody gets hurt, anything like that. Um, the rule in some in our club is if you come to an intersection, always stop and look behind you. That way you know if the people are still behind you or not. Okay. And then if nobody's behind you and they're supposed to be behind you, you just stay where you are and wait until either they catch up or you know something's wrong and then you turn around and go find them. Okay. And then everybody... Cause 40 people in a line, you know, that's a lot of people to try to keep track of. Anyways, my cousin is always at the back and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin's always at the back. He found the glove, gave him the glove. So then they finally caught up to us like, okay, well that's one, you know, one thing that kind of went wrong. Well then does this all involve this involve the same guy. Uh, no. Okay. Nope. Surprisingly, I, <laughs> later on in the story, I thought this guy was what would what is going to happen. So we ride over to the gas station in Burlington. Oh, and then before this all happened, there's a guy that lives over by Union Lake. So he rode from Union Lake up to my dad's place. You know, okay, that's a pretty good it's distance. a pretty good distance. There was a state cop up by uh, the main gas station, Union City. Okay, and so. This guy went to the gas station, got gas, and then he was going to cross over 60 to get to the north side of 60, and the state cop was sitting there at the intersection. And this guy I'm talking about, he's a shorter stature guy. So from a distance, you'd probably think he was a young kid. Okay. You wouldn't know. That's what we assume. So the cop pulls him over. We assume it was because the cop thought he was a young kid and probably didn't have his license or no registration on the sled or something. So he pulls him over in front of uh, the old construction business by Fabiano's. And uh, basically he's like, oh, you have registration? And 
registration on snowmobiles now, it used to be like a long registration label. Okay. Now they shorten it up like a boat. So now it's just a little two by four square or whatever. You can lose it pretty easy probably. Well, no, it just, it sticks right on the side of your, Oh, okay. of, of your, uh, I know nothing about your, snowmobiles. I know. It, you, it sticks right on, the, right on the sides of your sled. So do you have one on each side? Or yep. Is, okay. Both sides. So, and it's reflective. So he can clearly see that there's yeah. registration on and it. And every year, or every two years, I think, is when the color changes. Okay. So every year, just like your tags on your yeah, license yeah, plate. Yeah. Yep. So he comes up, he's like, you have a registration? And he's like, yeah, it's right there on the side of the sled. And the guy's like, oh, I didn't see it. Like, yeah, they're shorter now. You should know this. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, have a good day. So I think he was just looking for a kid to harass, basically. It's... When he figured out it was an older guy, he's like, okay. Well. Yeah, they, he's got his ducks in a row. Exactly. No point in, in keeping him there any longer. Yep. But the funny thing is, snowmobilers, if they know the area, it's easy to outrun anybody if they're in a car. <laughs> because you can just cut across yeah. the field. We know there's a power line that goes directly north-south right by the lake that I grew up okay. on. And right now the lake is froze over. So we just hit the lake. <laughs> and because we've been running around there all the time, there's tracks going in every direction. So how are they going to find you unless you want to be found? Yeah, unless, you, <laughs> yeah, unless you're like, okay, I'm going to stop. Exactly. So... It's just a politeness thing, basically. Like, you don't want to piss off the cops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, going back to the story. So we already had one cop encounter. We leave the golf course, uh, see that the dumbass uh, went over this big tree somehow. <laughs> then we get to the gas station in Burlington. We all, I go around our buddy's house that lives in Burlington. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. Uh, I see he had his... Uh, his mule out looked okay. like because I could see tracks. I followed his tracks because I'm like I don't know. I couldn't remember where the well housing was in his backyard. Oh yeah, it, so it, I don't remember what it is either. It's like in the center somewhere. Somewhere isn't it? out in the back there. Yep. So I was being careful to follow his tracks because I don't know where that is. And then uh, I saw some lights on in there, but I didn't see him at the window or nothing. But regardless, so what he probably th- didn't care that you went no, across the property either. Probably not. Oh. He knows I'm the only one in a snowmobile that would probably go in his yards. <laughs> I mean, if I started getting shot at, <laughs> then obviously. <laughs> he might have been upset that day. Yeah, he might be upset. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, so we go back to, we go into the gas station in Burlington, fill up. Well, then uh, I told my dad, I'm like, hey, I want to go to my girlfriend's parents' house, which is in a little subdivision right outside of Burlington. Oh, okay. Uh, going towards Tecancha. Yeah. And uh, so... I lead, dad's like, uh, just lead the group out there. You know where you're going. And uh, there's a trail system that goes around one of our club members' houses and wraps back around to this little subdivision. So I'm like, well, we'll use that and we can get up there. Well, as soon as I get to that stop sign right by that gas station, state cop goes by. And, okay. And I'm like, oh, from what the other guy said earlier, that that might be the same state cop and he might turn around and harass us. So I watch him go by and he gets like 500 yards down the road and I'm like, okay, well I'm not seeing brake lights. So I think I'm safe. So we cross over and in, in Burlington we run the sidewalks. Okay. Just because it's the easiest way to get through Burlington without having to try to cut through fields that we're not familiar with. And uh, so we run right, so real quick, because I don't I don't know what is the rules about snowmobiles in the road. Are you not supposed to be on the road? You're supposed to not be on sidewalks. Like, I'm fairly confident. I know for sure you're not legally supposed to be within fifty feet of a road. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's the law. So, like, 
you're breaking the law by you're going breaking to the, gas the law station. technically yeah yes but i think they realize that there's not that many snowmobilers down here and that as long as we're not causing trouble they're not going to harass us okay yep um do snowmobiles get a bad rep for causing trouble is that like there, a common thing there are so depending on the farmer they you know and just like any property owner i mean they get you know peeved when people trespass on their property and there is and there is some liability with it because if somebody gets hurt and they want to be an asshole you can sue them and you know i would be really pissed off if somebody who's on my property trespassing gets hurt and then sues me okay yeah so So there's basically an understanding that if they don't want you on their property don't go on their damn property exactly and it's especially true up north because a lot of actual snowmobile trails will go through private property Mm -hmm. and they'll have signs posted along the trail saying, do not leave the trail, no trespassing on private property. And then people will go off trail and then those private property owners will be like, get your trail off my property. You no longer are able to have this trail. Okay. And then it ruins it for everybody in these clubs. Um, Because a lot of clubs up north, Actually, they will invest together. They'll build a big pole barn, and they'll buy a whole tractor, which is called a groomer. Okay. And they groom the trails. They pull like a... It's almost like a plow behind them. Okay. And it fluffs up the snow on the trail, so it's really nice riding out on the trails. And these clubs... Try to take care of their trails yep. and be respectful. And that's what uh, the trail permits that you have to buy for your sled. All that money goes to these clubs to maintain the trails. Okay. Yep. So, Interesting. Yeah. Um. And there's been some recent controversy because uh, they call them hikey bikies, the people that hike or bicycle in the oh, summertime. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's some contention with those people because uh, the money from the trail permits, some of that money has been diverted to go to hiking trails and bicycle trails, but the the quad people the dirt bike people and the snowmobile people are pissed because they're like why am i paying trail permits for them to bicycle and uh hike yep when a lot of the commerce like we buy gas we buy oil we always go to restaurants and bars when we're up there because that's the only thing to do when yep. during the winter time. You basically support the little economy up so, there, and without your guys' business, a lot of that. Yeah, stuff would so die. we're like, why is most of our money going to these hiking and biking trails when most of the money is made from us, kind of thing? Yeah, I understand that. And so there's some contention there. My dad was kind of into it because he uh, there's a state organization called it's called Missorva now, Michigan. Uh, I can't. Yeah, Michigan, I can't remember, but Michigan ORV Snowmobile Association, I think is what it's called. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, they deal with all that, and Dad and his cousin became members, and they went up to a meeting, and they were all talking about it. But going back. To the yeah, story. I was gonna say. Uh, Sorry, got off on a rant. Story, right? Got off on a rant. And so we we go. So my girlfriend's parents live across the street from a state cop. Oh, so oh wow! State cops Great. made a lot of appearances last <laughs> night. <laughs> All at the right time, thankfully. So we we, <laughs> we go down there and uh, winded our way. I went around uh, my girlfriend's parents' house. <clears throat> we went. <laughs> We we went right by the state cop's house, and then uh, we went out and uh, took back roads over to some friends by Taconcha. 
Okay. Uh, stayed there for about an hour, hour and a half. Drank some beer, just socialized. There's about probably a dozen or so of us. And then we take off. This is where it gets interesting. So we're cu- we're riding some fields, and out in the fields, snow is not bad as long as the field isn't chisel plowed. Okay. If it's chisel plowed, that's that really mm-hmm. rocky stuff, and it kicks up rocks, which will come Ooh, into play. That's that's not fun. So, like I said, it's important to stay in the leader's tracks because then you know where the rocks are, and because if you deviate from his track, it's unknown what's coming up. Okay. Well, that bit us in the ass last night because <laughs> dad uh we were taking the dirt w- this one particular field we were taking a dirt road and we we're just riding the shoulder uh on the wood side and on the other side of the road is a field okay so he didn't ride that field he just rode the shoulder on the other side of the field well coming back from Takancha, he decided to cut into that field well it was chisel plowed and he was trying to stay close to the road where the snow was a little deeper from plowing and it was still kind of rocky. Well, then, sure enough, uh, Dad, after the incident, said that he saw the rock, but a guy, like, a few sleds back didn't see it. Okay. And hit the rock with his left ski and sheared the ski right off. Oh, like, damn. Like, the, the shock, the A-arms. <laughs> like, this is going to cost him more than a grand to fix. And I'm assuming that's, that he had to go get his trailer and pick up the sled yeah. on the side of the road. So whenever that happens, everybody stops. I, well, first of all, Dad was leading. I was behind him. We stop at the stop sign. And so it, your dad was uh, cutting the trail. Yes. You were following your dad. Yes. Where and was this guy in the lineup he then? He would, probably would have been like... Because I, I was assuming that, that he was right after your dad because you were saying your dad seen the rock. Then you said that guy didn't. Yep. But if there's people in between so, them, then there should have been pretty easy. I'm to trying s- to remember exactly. Uh, so Five or six people back would be safe? Because I, 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 I think there was about a dozen of us. So okay. I think he was in the middle-ish of the group. Okay. So if he had stayed on the trail, would he have been able to avoid the rock then? It would have been close because dad said afterwards that he thought he saw the rock and maybe narrowly missed it or he might have even kicked it a little up from being you know under the snow a ways so yeah so me so dad stops the stop sign i stop behind him we're waiting and uh dad gets off a sled and looks behind him and sees there's people way back somebody comes up from the group from the guy that hit the rock and told my dad hey uh somebody hit a rock or wrecked back there so then dad comes to me he's like oh it sounds like somebody uh how do you say it somebody smashed up their sled or something like that and i was like oh my god somebody's hurt oh you okay know, it sounded way worse yeah, when yeah, you're way <laughs> like oh god there's gonna be blood, and, blood and guts everywhere so, <laughs> this guy's head's on in so the field <laughs> i'm preparing myself for okay maybe we're gonna have to save somebody's life kind of thing broken arm yeah <laughs> so we get back there nope guy's fine uh he put the sled on its side after he sheared the ski off, obviously. So then we're like, okay, well, now we got to... So Dad and a couple other guys took off for a truck and trailer. We all stay there with the other guy just to give him company until they get back. Then we have to utilize all our manpower because we're standing in probably 6 to 10 inches of snow. Okay. And you know how it is just doing anything in deep snow. Yeah, I mean, just getting to your door. <laughs> So then we all have to levitate the sled together, which can weigh between five and 800 pounds. Not a light object. No, not at all. And then pick it up, put it in the trailer, and take it back. 
So that was the excitement last night uh, was writing. And then, so during this whole time, I'm having the time of my life because I just bought a brand new sled last year. Okay. And so <laughs> I'm, and I got to say, I'm very satisfied with my sled. Uh, she, uh, she gets, she gets up and goes. So it's like, a girl? Yes. What's the sled's name then? Hmm. That's a good, that's a good question. I haven't named it yet. So, but you know, it's a girl then. How do you know it's a girl if it doesn't have a girl name? Every guy talks about a favorite car, a favorite bike, a favorite sled, a favorite jet ski. You're about to be wrong. As a woman. No, you're about to be wrong. So you name yours men? My my bike was a dude. What was his, his name? His name was Duke. Duke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a dude. Wow. You wrote a dude? Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, my car's a dude. It's a Babbitt. I call it Babbitt. You call it Babbitt. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so a, a bunny rabbit yep. switched to being there, a runny Babbitt. Ah, okay. Because it's a rabbit, yep. so I call it a Babbitt. Nice. Yeah. The place I bought my sled at is called Babbitt's. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, so yeah. So I'm having the time of my life this whole time because it... I'm assuming it's the same with a motorcycle where the it's t- just the, amazing. The torque, you know, it's, oh. you know, you just, whenever you want to pick up the front end, you just gun it a little bit and the front end comes up. Yep. That's my sled. Like, Depends on what kind of bike you got. But yeah. Yeah. Bikes are amazingly torquey and they're just wonderful to ride. I miss mine. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, the, and I've never rode, I've never, I don't think I've been a passenger when I was younger, like really young, like seven on the back of a motorcycle, but I've never rode a road bike. Okay. And had that f- same feeling. I'm assuming it's more precarious because you're only on two points of contact so, rather than three. I, I don't know about precarious because as long as you're moving, you're going to stay upright. Yep. But it's definitely more agile when you're by yourself on a motorcycle. Oh, it's You can turn really sharp. Like You can go through turns. Like You think, oh, I need four wheels. No. You slow down a little bit, but as soon as you're out of it, you gun it and you just take off. Like Okay. You'd have to have a really fast car in order to keep up with most motorcycles. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, just the torque on them is insane. I remember playing around on the highway, and this I, a car passed me going, I don't even know how fast, but they like went by me, and I was like, you know what? Not this time. <laughs> and I didn't downshift or anything. Just turned the throttle and just fucking hauled ass past them. It's like, Vroom! I easily got up to 135. <laughs> and it, it's just, I can't even explain how awesome it is. Yep. I mean, I was safe on it. It wasn't like there was, whenever I'd pass a semi, if there was cars, I wouldn't just go zipping by because I know that they could turn in front of me and I'd be dead in a second. Yep. Ironically, I got hurt going 40. And, <laughs> but it, I don't know. It, it's the most fun I've ever had in a vehicle is on my motorcycle. Yep. It, it, and it, you have so much more control over a smaller vehicle with two wheels because if you lean sharp, you can turn sharper. It just The braking power of it was insane. I could be going 60 at a stop sign, pull the brakes. It wouldn't lock up and I would stop. Like the brake, the brake pad was bigger than everything on my Honda. I had a 20, 120 millimeter brake pad. Yep. Like it was huge. Yep. I could stop on a dime. It was amazing. I loved it so damn much. <laughs> I remember going, so I went on a trip and this was in March 14th. It had to be like 25 degrees. out. <laughs> I went down to uh, St. Louis and I was driving from St. Louis to Kansas city, Missouri. And I was going at 152 miles an hour at night. Down the highway, no one around me. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. Uh, 
But you can't see anything. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. All, all the, the, on the opposite side of the highway, everyone was coming out of Kansas City, and I was going in. No one was going in, and all you seen was just blurs. It was just lines. And it was just, it was awesome. I remember my average speed, because my bike could tell me that, was 110 miles an hour. Okay, yep. <laughs> for my fill-up. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, I loved it. And I got a ticket for going 90 on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wasn't going to pay, but my fiance made me. Because ah. I was just never going to go back to Missouri again. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, just speaking of that experience, because... Like I said, I don't know what it's like to ride a bike, yeah. but riding a sled, I'm sure it's similar. Um, is but, it more nimble? Like that's the biggest thing about a motorcycle is just how nimble it is. Like you, it feel like you're more in control. Yes. So I have never ridden a sled, so I don't. Hundred percent because uh, so like my sled, like I was talking about it, it's very torquey. So if I'm sitting back in the seat and I gun it, the front end's coming up. Okay. Yeah, and so you have to lean forward. So then it feels like you're on a damn missile. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and you. Uh, I have nice, uh, the model I bought, it has nice footboards. Mm-hmm. So you, there's holes where you lo- lock your feet in. So your feet are like locked in. Oh, so you can't just fly off the damn thing. Well, not even that. It's just there's holes big enough for my boots to slide in right. And then uh, there's like knurling on the footboards. So okay. it, you your feet, it just feels like your feet are locked in. Okay. And so your feet are locked in and you have to lean forward. Otherwise you're constantly going to be pulling the front end <laughs> up. And then like you said, especially in deep snow, uh, I'm sure people like on jet skis can relate to this, but it, in deep snow, if you're the first one to break a trail, it feels like you're floating on air. Oh, so, yeah. and then that nimbleness comes into where you can just lean and it's, it's so fucking awesome. <laughs> like I can't, I, I don't understand. Like that's why, People kind of poo-poo, you know, power sport, motor sports and stuff like that. But I'm like, dude, you just need to get on something like that. And it's so fucking awesome. I, I can't disagree with you, unfortunately. <laughs> I'd love to disagree with you. And I just can't disagree with the beaver today. You're speaking, you're speaking to my soul. Exactly. And I, I, and I hate it, but I love it. And I, and I think most people would love that kind of stuff if they actually get to experience it, you know? Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people look at it like you're crazy. Yeah. But until you actually do it, shut your mouth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now on snowmobiles, you don't have to shift snowmobiles though, do you? No, no, no. So it's it's all about clutching on a snowmobile. Okay. Uh, depending on the weights you put on a clutch or the size of the clutch, that's what determines basically the performance of the sled. Um obviously, uh like my my sled is at eight fifty. Okay. So what what's the size ranges? Because that's 850 would be a decent size bike, the biggest, depending on what it the, is. The biggest size snowmobile. That'd be mid-range, sorry. That'd be mid-range for a, a, a crotch rocket. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, in sleds, which I assume motorcycles, do they do four-stroke now? Or is it still a lot of two-stroke? Uh, mostly four-stroke, okay. I believe. Okay. Well, sleds, right now, there's a lot of the sled industry. Okay, so let's just talk. Mine was a three-cell. Let's talk briefly about the history of snowmobiles. I'm not going to go into super detail, but something that yeah. I want to, yes, I want to just briefly touch on. So in the 70s, it became really popular, um, and there was like more than 50 or 60 snowmobile companies. Holy crap. Now we're down to four. <laughs> so in, okay. in just a few short decades, it's whittled itself down to four, and now there's like one or two that aren't doing real hot. So we might even get down to three, two to three. So, over that time, there's been a lot of evolution in sleds. Uh, suspension has gotten way better. I uh, uh, hope so. <laughs> the motors have become way better. And now, like uh, Articat, Yamaha, what's the other one I'm missing? Oh, Skidoo. 
Skidoo, not so much, but I think they do offer a four-stroke. But definitely Articat and Yamaha, only four-stroke for the most okay. part. Uh, Polaris has never built a four-stroke to my ni- to my knowledge. Maybe they did, and I'm just not remembering correctly. However, so most of it is now four-stroke with a little bit of two-stroke still. And uh, the max size motor, I think, is like 1,000 or maybe 1,100 okay. at the most. Uh, like my dad's cousin the one that hangs out with us a lot, he has a sled that's a four-stroke uh, 1,000 with a turbo on it. Oh, my God. And, uh, they When it first came out, there was a video that he loves to talk about, which is pretty sweet. But uh, took it to uh, they took it to a drag strip, and uh, they, they actually make an asphalt track okay. for sleds. I want to do it eventually. That'd be sweet. And, and uh, they do drag races with them. Well, they were racing like a Cadillac CTS-V, a <laughs> Porsche, like some really high-end muscle cars. Yeah. And they were whipping their ass in the quarter mile. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, it should. Exactly, because it's a lightweight vehicle yeah. putting yep. out like 200 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so his sled is the fastest production sled. Um, And then at the time, because my dad and his cousin bought brand new sleds the same year. So... Our cousins was the fastest produ- like fastest production sled, and then my dad's was advertised as the quickest production sled. Okay. So, and then now mine, I think I don't know if mine is or not, but it should be damn close to the fastest or the quickest production sled. So when you say quickest, you mean acceleration? Acceleration, okay. exactly. Um, because my cousins, it's uh has a lower profile. Okay. So when he guns it it doesn't have enough traction to transmit the horsepower to the ground. So like, like I said, mine, you just hit the accelerator and the front end pulls right up. Whereas his will just trench the ground underneath of it because it's trying to get that traction. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. uh, So thousand CC is the, uh, the biggest that snowmobiles make with, and then they put turbos, Turbos are pretty common, like in mountain sleds, because as you go up in atmosphere, the air gets thinner, so you need to put more yeah. air into the motor. Okay. But, anyways, yeah, that's the uh, shut up. <laughs> I guess that's the sled story in uh, related content. All right. Do you think we had enough time to talk about beating up a naked guy? Yeah, we have to talk about that. <laughs> you can't lay crumbs like that and then not talk about beating up a naked guy. <laughs> okay. So this is when I was a lot younger. I'd say around 19 to 20. I'm maybe 21. I'm not sure. Yeah, we weren't long out of high school. Hey, and you know, drinking. I was drinking. I was I was drunk as hell. Well, I want to lay down some just a little bit of background knowledge about. All right, go ahead. So, growing up, uh, I have a younger sister. Uh huh. And you have two younger sisters. Correct. Uh, my sister is four or five years younger than me. Mine was one, and then I think two and a half or three years. Exactly. So, was... Name. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Midge was... <laughs> Midge was, uh, in school, had more exposure to your sisters than I did to mine because I was never in the same building as my sister. Correct. My senior year, both were... One was freshman, one was a sophomore. Yes. So... Was a lot more protective of name. God, God damn it! <laughs> was a lot more protective. Name. <laughs> the midget was a lot more protective of his sisters than I was. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Shut up. So the midge was a lot more protective of his sisters because they were in the same building and you were just that way. Yeah, you were correct. Your family is that way. Just about your whole family. Yeah, we're but very protective of you guys, all of our family. I, you're a tribe. Yes, correct. You mess which with I, one, you mess with which all. Which I mean, every family is that way to a certain degree. But I think you guys my take aunt, it a little more. My aunt told me one one uh, day when I was in seventh grade because I told her a a young lady called me a homosexual, and she said, "What's her name? Where's her address? I'll go beat her up." My aunt is like forty at this time, <laughs> and she was gonna beat up a seventh grader for me. <laughs> my aunt's also crazy. <laughs> I love my aunt. She's wonderful. <laughs> I like the exclamation points on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, uh, very protective of my sisters when I was younger because I I don't know how many people were taught this, but you're supposed to protect your your younger siblings, and if they're sisters, your friends aren't supposed to try to fuck them. True. Um, turns out my sisters, I don't care. They they fuck people. Whatever. You know, it happens. You're young. You want to fuck? Yeah. You fuck. I don't care. Do what you want. <laughs> like as of right now, I could care less what happens. Like if you want to go have sex, go have sex. Yep. Uh, it is what it is. Anyways, so, and being young men, we talked about who we wanted to sleep with all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, it was very common that it, when we were freshmen, oh, I'd be like, let's sleep with her, let's sleep with her, blah, blah, blah. And if you had a younger sister, oh, or an older sister, if you had a sister, you were a target. And everyone would talk about sleeping with your sister. Oh, and, oh, and or your mom. or Yeah, what, yeah, whatever. What, you know, kids. It's dumb kid shit. Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> you, if you had a chance, you'd do it. Dumb oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... uh I think that my genetic line is fantastic and wonderful, and we're all very attractive people. <laughs> okay, so that's the groundwork. Very yeah. protective of my family. Yeah. So, um, me and my sisters, we would go. Well, not sisters. Me and my sister went out to a party. And we got we were drinking and got drunk. Um, she had the hots for a friend of ours, older brother. So we get drunk. I can't drive. We parked my jeep in the middle of a field and walked over to her parent. So this is after the party. Over to her parents' house. And we ended up having to sleep in a barn. So we're sleeping in this fucking barn Well, it's trying to sleep. I'm laying down at the bottom underneath a fucking tarp. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> and then she goes up in the loft with the older gentleman. It, it was all legal. They were all of legal age. It shouldn't. And anyways, I just said that. Damn it. <laughs> so I'm laying down there. I'm drunk as hell. And I'm like, what's that noise? And it's not clicking in my head. And I was like, oh, it's just what, what the hell's going on? It sounds like a couple of chipmunks going at it. And it turns out that, you know, they were banging, okay? I could hear my sister moaning above me. And drunk <laughs> takes this as a very, very bad thing. And I'm like, get your shit, we're leaving! Yep. And all I hear is nothing. I, and in my head, I waited a half hour. But really, it's probably like five seconds. <laughs> and I go up this ladder, and I'm like, we're leaving right now. And this guy's like, oh, we're cool, right? We're cool, right? We're cool. We weren't cool. <laughs> I end up walking over and I shove this dude. Apparently he falls on some broken glass. Did not feel bad. And as he's falling, I, I kind of fall with him. <laughs> he's naked, by the way, butt ass naked. And I start punching him in the fucking head repeatedly, just like as hard as I could. Wop, 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 wop. And <laughs> my sister's trying to get dressed. She's screaming because I'm punching the dude in the face. <laughs> and we ended up walking. <laughs> Walking back across the field, we get in the car. I'm pissed off because I had to listen to my sister having sex above me. And, <laughs> yeah, I beat up a naked guy. <laughs> so, my hand swelled up huge. I don't know where I hit him because I was drunk. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a terrible time, and I, I regret my decisions. Yeah, so <laughs> it, was, it seems like 
I don't know. It was like 50-50 that I was there for some of these stories. Like, sometimes I was there when you would beat people up or try to. <laughs> and sometimes I wasn't there. And it seemed like it was always worse when I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. But what's funny is I've only, I think I've only tried to beat up like four people in my life. Okay. Eh, tried because I was always drunk when I did it. Yeah. And results varied. Because you're always a loose, you're a loose cannon now, but you're even worse when you're drunk. Exactly. Which and goes for everybody. I mean, everybody. Is that I way. mean, we could talk more about it, but I'd rather not. Right. We could bring up those stories later. But yes, I beat up a drunk man who was completely naked. <laughs> I'm fairly certain a schlong was hitting me in the leg. Uh, good times. Good Which times. I, it's kind of funny because most men, you know, your worst nightmare would be fighting a naked man. <laughs> it did not stop me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everyone, like who was it? One of our friends was like, Oh, if you act crazy, most people won't mess with you. It does not matter if you're crazy to me. If at the point that I want to punch you, you can start talking crazy all you like and trying to act crazy. You're not going to intimidate me enough not to want to punch you in the face. Yep. And then, it's even funnier when a large person tries to intimidate me because my family's rather large people. Yes. Yep. And I've never been scared of them. <laughs> and I have a genetic disposition to breaking. So <laughs> yeah. in my mind, the worst you're going to do is make me break. Yep. Oh, no. I get to be down for a couple of months and I'm going to heal up. Yeah, so um, it's never uh, – people have tried to, like, intimidate me in my job and before, and it's like it's not going to work. <laughs> like, I, I'm a little guy. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, they got a temper. No, you're just not going to be able to push me around, and I'll let you know that very quickly. Who's <laughs> the kind of guy? Odd name. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, the, midget, the midget's the kind of guy to where if, because you, you talked about uh, you get in a fight, and the worst they could do is break you or yeah. something like that. I could see somebody, like, breaking your arm, and then... Like it'd be a compound fracture, so it'd be a jagged edge sticking out, and then you'd use that jagged edge to stab them. <laughs> I mean, it would depend on why why we're fighting. <laughs> like, like if I'm protecting my family, oh yeah, they're getting stabbed. Like, I don't know. It, it's a good good possibility that I would try to stab them with. I it. just I just know how angry you get, <laughs> you know, and at the drop of a hat, no less. I mean, they're. You know, I've tried it, to calm down it over the It takes years. me a long time to get angry enough to do something crazy. But you, on the other hand, like, it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like to think that I've gotten better at this. <laughs> but I, I have pride. I'm very proud of myself. So if you insult me or my family, it, it definitely hits a nerve very quickly. And then growing up, we, I was always taught that if someone says fight, you punch them. You yeah. don't. You don't. You don't say you're going to fight unless you're ready to fight. So if you go, I'm going to fight you, that's you telling me you're ready to fight, and I, I swing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> my dad's always beat that in my head. Is that you punch first, and you don't, you don't fight fair. You fight to win. Yep. Like, so I would always, before, before I punch somebody, typically not the guy that was naked, I would give them a warning that leave me alone. Yes. And, it, and if you didn't, then I'd probably punch you. Because yep. <laughs> at the point that I'm warning you, you need to take it seriously because I'm a little guy. Nobody ever did. Yep. And so I, I, uh, anyways, there was one time, damn it. There was the, the kid that I was at a party and I was told to punch him in the face. And I was like, this guy. And then I went to punch him and someone stopped me. And I was like, well, because uh, I was dumb and young. So I was doing what I was told. And the guy came up and stood right next to me. I was like, get away from me. And that was his warning. And then he didn't move. And I punched him and he, 
I was amazed because he dropped like a sack of potatoes and that's never happened. And I was like, wow, it's just like everyone says it is. And I, <laughs> he started moving and me being an asshole, I started punching him some more. Uh, yeah, there was that time again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, as you can see, <laughs> we had a somewhat, somewhat wild youth. Okay, and I want to point out this right now is that I was blamed for a lot of the wild things that the beaver did and was supposedly a bad influence on him. <laughs> and he has more crazy stories than I have than, than this. Like, this is not how I am. This is a rarity for me to punch somebody <laughs> and to go get drunk. But there's multiple times where the beaver has went and been like, let's go drink. No, I'm good. But for some reason, I am still labeled as the instigator and the bad person. <laughs> You can't say it's not damn true. Uh, there is some truth in that statement. <laughs> I'm not gonna, as we've discussed previously, you are a serial exaggerator, so it's hard to pick through the bullshit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, sure. Uh, all right, so want to hit this last subject real quick? The Mandalorian chick? Yes, because there is. We talked about this yesterday briefly. And uh, I mean, we're at, we're at a minute five. We should just bring that up first next time. I think you want to do it next time, unless you really, really want to do it. It's only going to take five, ten minutes. Okay, let's do it then. Mandalorian chick Gina Carano. If you don't know her, she's a former MMA fighter, was Strike Force champion, got her ass beat horribly by Cyborg, who looks like a dude, and also was extremely overweight. It was an unfair fight, in my opinion. She's also a supermodel and an actor. Well, was an actor, apparently making anti-Semitic remarks on Twitter and Facebook, which could be taken as not that, but whatever, gets you fired from Disney. Uh, so more information came out, though, than what I just said, which the Beave, right? no names, yes. will now explain. Yeah. So, firstly, she didn't make anti-Semitic remarks. I mean, if you read the news sources, they say that. that I was being sarcastic. You can't tell. Well, I'm... Some, yeah, some people don't know enough. So, okay, good point. I was being sarcastic. Uh, yes, yes, yes. They were labeled as anti-Semitic. She was but comparing the atmosphere of Nazi Germany to today, considering people that don't wear masks or are conservatives. Oh well, not just conservatives. If you don't believe the same as somebody else, yeah. I took it as as if you were a liberal that there's conservatives that would treat you the same that you're. A, Whatever, that you're a Jew in the Nazi era. So basically, they treat each other like, and they would turn each other in and say, oh, we can't agree on anything because of this. Yep. I didn't take it just as conservatives or being attacked by liberals. Like you could take it as liberals attacked conservatives, true. libertarians, That's all of That's true. It. She didn't specifically say conservatives. Correct. And yep. if you want to take it that way, you can. She is a right-wing, sorry, right-leaning woman. I shouldn't say right-wing. I hate that saying. Yep. But right-leaning. She is a conservative woman. And that goes into what I'm going to bring up. So okay. apparently... Uh, I don't know if you knew this. You know who Ben Shapiro is, right? Yes, a yes. A big conservative pundit. He, he talks really quick and is good at debating if you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. He he is he, he, he thinks, runs he talks fast. He thinks fast, and people aren't prepared for it. Exactly. And he is, and that's why he's such he's so good yeah. at debating is because he's prepared. Other people aren't. Yeah, that's why very rarely will you see him in a long forum conversation where he actually has to debate somebody at the same intellectual level. Correct. And uh, it's always towards people who are not, and it, it they're just not prepared. Like yep. if you prepare remarks, you could totally debate oh, yeah. him on what it is, but he speaks quick and it's always at these, these, uh, Con- gatherings to controlled, where, uh, correct. conversations, correct. Yes. Where he's in control the entire time, where yep. if you take him out of that, he's not as he's good not. as what he seems. Exactly. So, Oh, what was her name? Gina Carano. Gina Carano. So she gets canceled 
Disney fired her. She got dropped from oh, yeah. her talent agency. Everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, because she was such a major character on The Mandalorian. Uh, something Dune. I, I haven't watched it all, but, yeah. she yeah. And she was supposedly, she's going to have her own spinoff. That's how yes. ev- much everybody liked her as the character. Yep. yep. Well, so she got canceled, and everybody was in an uproar. Well, remember I was saying that I'm hoping for an alternative Hollywood to come around? Yeah, in Texas. So Ben Shapiro, through the Daily Wire... They're starting to make movies, and so they just picked up Gina Carano. Oh, no and kidding. They, they already, I guess, signed up. She's going to have her own movie. She's going to do some other shit with them. So That's awesome. So now, yeah, I'm like, wow, you know, actually something. I'm not going to say it's good, but yeah. I'm going to say I'm glad there's alternatives coming out. Well, yeah, because if you have only the same viewpoint and and everything and you can't accept somebody else's, it's... It, Stupid. It's just stupid. Yep. Like, don't don't get me wrong. If she, you, they have every right to fire her. Yes. Like Disney does. Yes. If they do. if they put forth that this is how you you have to be in order to, to represent our company. Yep. Which with everything being instantaneous, you are a representation of that company all the time. Yes. There's never a time where you're not. So if you take these risky maneuvers, as in making fun of people that don't wear masks, posting things that can be taken wrong if they want to be. Yep. You're gonna reap the consequences of your actions, whether or not we agree with them or not. Right. E- it's still within Disney's right to let you go yes. because I assume they're at will because that's what they did. Yep. So I think it's wonderful that there is another alternative for her Yep. because it, if you keep silencing the other opinion, you're eventually going to be just like Nazi Germany, in my opinion, where it's the one opinion rules all. Yep. And it's not good. Agreed. I, I, I definitely, that's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm more libertarian myself. We've already talked about this. Yep. And so more options is good. Agreed. <laughs> like, yep. I, I always like it when there's options. I hate it when, when I'm told what I should wear, what I should do, what I should Limited think. Limited. Yeah. Your, like, yeah. no, quit taking options away. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I should be an adult, I should be able to make adult decisions. So that brings up the age thing from yesterday. I want to hit on that. Now, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Talk about age and stuffs. Okay. I'll write it down so we okay. don't forget. Good. Age and stuffs. <laughs> but, uh. Guys, we've been yakking at you for a while here. Yeah, we We, have been. We actually have been trying to get better at not yakking at you for so long. (laughs) So we're going to wrap this baby up. Um, Wonderful. I think this was a great podcast. One of the best ever. Yeah. The greatest in the nation. Huge. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) Huge. So uh, we we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We forgot to go over emails. Did we get any? Uh, No. No, we didn't get any. I don't. Th- uh, well, not. that that sucks. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you guys email us next time. We're sad. You know, we're sad pandas. Um. We we hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next Wednesday, as usual. Yeah, as usual. And we'll talk to you well, later. Well, hold on. Wait. wait oh, oh, oh. Next Wednesday. Oh, that's right. We have to yeah. edit it. Um. It might be a week and a half before we have another podcast out. Actually. Yeah. Cause... So it might be might be the Saturday after. We're gonna have. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll... So there's some vacation going on. Yep. We're sorry. Uh, things happen. We're not really sorry. We have lives. <laughs> we enjoy talking to you, though. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so we, not next Wednesday. My bad. We'll see you next time. Yes, next time. This is the Midge and the Beef signing <laughs> off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.